Yo, yo, welcome to WNS9 Plus. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we don't have Jim, we don't have Tyler. We have someone way better anyways. We got the fort, <laughs> Michael McHenry. I'm so happy you're here and they're not. This is going to be a good show, actually. Nice. Right, so should we pour something on the ground for them? Like, for your homies? No. They don't, no. They don't deserve it. That's right. No. Someone didn't come see me. Someone didn't come see me. Just found out they were in Pittsburgh. Someone didn't come see me. I'm not going to name any names. I'm not going to throw them out there. But you better come see me next time. Unreal, right? I'm going to name names because we're going to talk a little bit about this too. Jim Rosati, as, as <laughs> some people might know, if you're on Twitter yesterday, you do know. And Ford, mm -hmm. I'm going to talk to you about this. But he was at the game yesterday. And yeah, we were talking last week. And you're like, hey, tell him to say hi. And I did. He's so antisocial. He big league me. He legitimately big league me. That's, where, that's where we're at. I'll remember that. This is why people don't like him. <laughs> Yeah, but you guys pick on him all the time. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love do. it. Oh, it's so good. It's so well, good. this is what we're going to bring up here. Do you know about the Rosati curse? No. At all. No. Do I need to stay away from so, him? It's a thing. It's a legit thing. And he'll tell you it's not anymore. But like when Jim goes to games, the Pirates not only lose, but typically have like the worst game ever. So he was at like the Cincinnati game last year when they lost like 20 something, like four. Then the Cubs game when they lost like 17 to like three, like whatever the scores were, it was atrocious, right? Jim was at both of them. Anytime he goes to the game, the Pirates lose. Um, so he was at the game yesterday, and everyone on Twitter was like, oh, God, here we go. They're going to lose. And granted, they were winning. And I want to say something. They were winning for it, and something happened. You guys put Jim on the show. Oh, so we did it to ourselves. What were we thinking? And lo and behold, not too shortly after that, four to four. <laughs> real quick, too. Man, it was real quick. Man, Jim, we need you to go to therapy and get this all worked out for us. That's what we need. Absolutely need. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Now, granted, Jiwan Bay came through the curse and did, you know, get the Pirates to win the game, but. You can't let this happen. You can't put him on TV. Yeah, I mean, he should probably send maybe a tip, maybe a check to G1 to break the curse a little bit because that's unacceptable. But G1 should be his favorite player. I expect you to get a uh, a new G-Man G or a Bay jersey, maybe a Swinsky jersey for all those guys that hit a homer because they deserve it. They picked you up. Now you can actually come to the next uh, playoff game. Because if not, I'm making sure you're on the no-fly list getting in the TNT. <laughs> Woo! I love that. Could you imagine that the Pirates go back to the playoffs? We here yeah. got PNC blackout once again, and Jim's not allowed to go. Uh, or it cuts him off. Are you, are you Jim? Nope. <laughs> you're not coming in. No, sir. Go ahead and turn around. You can go eat a Slim Jim, Jim. See you later. Perfect. All of Pittsburgh appreciates it. Yeah, we got to take care of the city. 
But for real, actually, let's talk about that because the home opener was last week. It was on Friday. And I mean, here's the thing. We actually had you, I think it was like the week after they signed Kutch, right? It was, mm-hmm. I think, right mm-hmm. after that. And well, we were kind of talking about WWE style, remember? Oh, I remember. Really should have, man. If he signs back, maybe we can get that done. <laughs> but, but yeah, so like we had you on. We kind of talked like how meaningful this season is going to be. And of course, like how crazy the home opener is going to be. I mean, Andrew McCutcheon returned to PNC. That's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. And it was. But the story I want to talk about here, too, was you're pretty influential on this whole blackout PNC. I mean, we know what happened in the wild card game. It was blacked out, how great the atmosphere was and such. And it was like, 36 hours before the game i saw your tweet out there about you know blackout pnc and you made it happen so i want to talk like how like how that come about what what started whose idea was this and like all the work you guys put in to make it happen i did not make it happen i just maybe pushed it along um you know in 2013 we were sitting around as a team and of course most good things coming from come from our wives right so a couple of wives were talking about college football and whiteouts and blah, 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 and crazy atmosphere. We're just talking about what the playoff game would be like in 13. And like, just like a bro moment, me and Cush just look at each other. Like, it's like, we should do a blackout because we should do a blackout. And I tweeted it out. Like I just was the instigator to move it forward. The idea came from someone else. I can't remember who, but yeah, it was just a city that wanted to rally around a really good team, a team that they've embraced. I mean, it was 20 years. And then, Thinking about Kutch coming back, and then all of a sudden AJ and Russ, it's almost like you had to. And it's crazy enough, Neil wasn't even supposed to be in the booth. Bob Watt got sick, so it was just one of those moments. It was like, you know what, Brownie's throwing it out there, kind of nonchalantly. Like, wouldn't it be nice? Mm. Everybody showed up in black. I'm listening to the broadcast as I'm getting ready for the post-game show, and I was like, I'm going to do it. And I told my wife, I was like, remind me, I'll forget I really want this to happen. I set an alarm on my phone. I was like, this is going to happen. So I wrote it out and sent it out, tagged as many people, tagged you guys, and it just took off. I mean, that's that's the city of Pittsburgh. It's, it's, it's a giant family. I think going back to the 70s and think about that team and learning the history here, they'll embrace you. Just work your tail off, show them love, you know, own your mistakes, and they're going to be happy. And I think the reception – of them coming in in all black and the roar when Kutch, I mean, honestly, the roar when his mom started singing, which was also not supposed to happen. That was completely random. Yeah, she was there. They went and got her and asked her if she would do it because someone had to cancel. I mean, you just can't put all those things in motion. It's just one of those things. It was a God thing. It was the universe thing. Whatever you believe, it was bigger than us. And it was good for the city because they needed to see it. And I think... The organization needed to see it because it just shows how much power guys like Kutch have, AJ right. have. And sometimes signing those guys may not fit the narrative or fit the mold that you want, but it fits the city. It fits what we what we embody, and I think that's exactly what happened. And, I mean, we played really well too, so it just shows up in a whole different way here. Yeah, I had a feeling there was no <laughs> way the Pirates were losing that game. And it, like you said, I mean, we knew – AJ was throwing out the first pitch. You knew Kutch was coming, right? Then mm-hmm. Russell Martin's, you know, catching and such. But like you said, like other things just are like working out. Oh, it's unreal. Neil was on the broadcast, you know, like you're already there in the booth and stuff. You're you're throwing all this stuff out there on Twitter. 
Um, and yeah, cut his mouth again. I didn't realize like those weren't even supposed to happen. No, like, I mean, it's, it's nuts it's when you really think about it. it. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's one of those <laughs> things that you just, you just kind of wish and hope and the city just embodies it, you know, and then everybody's making shirts. You, you can see the Black Sea kind of coming into the stadium. And I was just like, wow, this is what it's like. This is this is a baseball town. I know, I know hockey and and Steelers football has been huge here, but this is a baseball town through and through. And I, I think as soon as we start showing consistent signs and they show consistent effort to make the team better and better, I think the city's just going to embody this team because the personality, the veteran leadership, I think we have the right coaching staff right now. Um, I, I haven't got to know all of them well enough to say that about everybody, but most of the guys I've met, I mean, you're talking about a, a group of men that are really coming together. I know Hurdle said it all the time, but he was a great speaker. They actually are doing it. There, there's a yeah. different feel in that clubhouse. It, it's free, and guys are are coming into their own. It's it's really neat to say. See, like it almost like puts me back a little bit at times because like you don't see that often in Major League Baseball anymore. That's something I do want to get into here a little bit too. But to keep it like on <laughs> opening day and such. You know, again, I wasn't there. Jim, thank God, wasn't there. Tyler wasn't there. None of us were actually there at the game. You being there, I mean, tell us the environment that was going on. And not even just the environment of, like, the actual game, but, like, the pregame. I mean, you're there. You're seeing Kutch now back there for the first time. AJ's coming out. There's Russ. I mean, tell me your thoughts and feelings on that. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there at the cage with Andy Haynes and Kutch. Me and Kutch always are gabbing about hitting or life or whatever. So we're just sitting there watching BP talking life, and then AJ comes out, and everybody just starts chirping, but everything kind of just stops and turns around. So I, I feel like he was the pirate. You know, he was the guy that came in, and he's all tatted up. He's got a little bit of swag, but he also has a little bit of mean streak that he that he's willing to show, especially when he was pitching. So when he came out, his kids, who are huge now, just absolutely blew my mind. But, yeah, just seeing them. He didn't recognize me at first because I was in a suit. He comes up, hugs Kutch, and he's like, oh, my God, Fort, and gave me a hug. And then his kids came over and gave a hug. And it's just like, man, I haven't seen these guys in years. Yeah, we've talked on on the phone a little bit via text. But, like, you don't see guys, but it's like you never skipped a beat. You know how that feeling is. Like, you guys are all spread out all over the country. And yeah. that's the type of team we had. You know, it was the next man up. And it was a mentality of, like, hey, we love each other. And we're going to do whatever we can to help each other, whether it's the, the wives helping the wives, the players helping the players, or the front office helping. It was just a big, giant group of servants. You know, A.J. Burnett was a big teddy bear at the end, especially for his teammates. And then he was a dinosaur or a raptor, you know, when he went out in the mound. So that was really, really cool. And I would say the biggest, like, part for me is I was overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed with how many fans were there. And they wanted to take pictures. It was like we were literally in the playoffs. And it was day one. You know, I hadn't, I hadn't done a game at PNC that year. Right. I hadn't even, you know, seen anything go on in PNC this year. And first time I walk in, it's like, boom. New scoreboard, new sound system, huge crowd standing remotely. I think they oversold it. Just wild stuff, wild stuff. It was definitely crazy. Again, like my point of view and perspective watching the game, it seemed like a playoff environment. Now, granted, coming off a Boston sweep helped. I'm, I'm oh, glad yeah. that happened, you know, mm -hmm. because that got a bit of a buzz. The Pirates are now four and two, right, heading into that. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty sweet to know. But yeah, again, like everyone coming in in black and such. And I want to say, I said on our Starbucks show this week, I was kind of nervous. I mean, I saw the intent of, you know, blackout PNC, but I'm just like, 
that's a lot to ask for, you know, again, 40,000 people now to, to do it on like such short notice and like really like the social media aspect. And apparently it spread and everyone got the memo. So yeah. Like, and again, I like, mean, honestly, the biggest, the biggest push was on Twitter too. So like how many youngsters I saw there and knowing that that's not their platform that, that blew my mind too. I heard you say that on one of your all's podcasts, maybe tweeted out. And I was like, yeah, that's so true. Like Instagram try, but my following's not the same size there. Like we didn't do a lot on that side and it just took off. But then, you know, Kutch got behind it. AJ got behind it. Mackie, it just kept going. And it was like, wow, this is really going to catch. And then the next day in the fan, we, we, we went, I think viral in the, in this region or something from that show. So oh, it yeah. just kept going and going and going. I was like, wow, this is really, really cool. And it's just neat to see the city want it that bad. I mean, they, they loved that team and they, they love the team in general. I mean, Sometimes they, they want to smack them around and hit them around, but I get that too. But that that's just like that big brother syndrome. I think the city really, really deserves what's coming. I really do. So how bad did you want to put the helmet on and suit up? I wanted the gear on. I did want the gear on. I, I did. Yeah. I didn't want to hit. No, I, no <laughs> business. Right now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have to <laughs> I have to analyze those guys and just understanding like how good they are right now and you know, pitching so far ahead of hitting, but they're slowly catching up. But yeah, I did want to suit up, let them just hammer me some balls in the dirt, block them up, throw them to second base, whatever. I, I don't usually want to jump on the field, but I did that day. Absolutely. I bet. Mm -hmm. I bet. Again, seeing all those people, how much, I mean, AJ should have suited up to be honest. You and AJ. Come in the Batman suit. I thought he was going to come in the Batman suit. Maybe next time. <laughs> maybe, maybe the next playoff game. He just shows Playoffs. up. There yeah. It is. Yeah, that's right. So let's kind of pivot that back to you're talking about like, like the, the leadership and such. That was our main thing this offseason. I know we talked about you with Kutch coming in. I mean, like you have some like true leaders this time in the clubhouse that I felt was going to make a huge difference. The season's young. Granted, like they're what, seven and five today. It's, it's so young right now. But with that said, Kutch is performing. Santana's come in. He's doing well. Troy, again, like yesterday, a big moment. He's, he's starting to get back to his swing mm -hmm. and such. Um, but not even that, like just not even performance wise. Let's talk about the clubhouse. I want to mm -hmm. know, like you're obviously much closer, to it, but I think there's a buzz going around the clubhouse. I mean, Kutch has talked about it time and time again and such. What is your biggest difference? Maybe not just the one, but like multiple things that you're seeing within the clubhouse from last year to this year to make us believers. So I'll give you a fan perspective first. So if you watch a game, watch where young guys, old guys, and even sometimes coaches migrate. You're going to see the pitchers migrate to Rich Hill. You're going to see the Latin guys migrate straight to Santana. And you're going to see every young American player go right to Kutch constantly. And I think you look at that and you're like, wow, that's, that's impressive. They really want to dive in and understand what's going right, what's going wrong, what they could have done better. But now take it a step further. Watch them migrate to the younger guys. That's the difference for me. They feel comfortable enough to go to them, which is remarkable. A lot of times coming up, you you see a guy and you're like, should I go? Should I not? Should I go? Should I not? And a lot of times you step back and you don't go. But they're so comfortable in their skin with Kutch, with Rich Hill, with Santana, with G-Man, that they'll walk up to him and talk to him. You know, I think G-Man and Bay are, are the two. I mean, they just did something that's never been done in MLB history by being the first two Korean board players to hit homers. And I think yeah. that's going to bring them closer together. And I think – you know, Bay was was a guy that 
we know we've talked on this podcast. Nobody knew he had some issues off the field. He came to spring training, a brand new Maserati, nice earrings. And you're like, okay, like let's make sure you don't get carried away here. And man, as spring unfolded, you saw him grow up. And I think that's the biggest thing you're seeing guys. Like, Cause some of these dudes are still kids, right? They haven't, they haven't been through much of life, but now they get to meet men that have been through life. Kutch, right? I mean, there's nobody right now other than Kutch and Santana that could just, or I mean, Rich Hill could too, but could pour into Cruz after his injury. Uh, an injury can be the biggest blessing or the biggest curse in your career. You never want to get hurt, but the reality of it is you can take a step back. That's how I got into broadcast. I got hurt. They asked me to do it. Boom. I'm in broadcast later on in my life. Never would have dreamed in a million years, but I came back a better player. And that's why I keep telling people with Cruz is because the people around him, he's not going to sit back and be like, oh, poor pitiful me. He's going to study the game. He's going to learn how to really, really dive into the scouting reports and keep refining his approach. Yeah, he can't hit or he can't throw unless he's sitting down, which I did in all my rehabs, which is kind of strange. But after eight weeks, when he starts moving, he could be so far ahead. So when he walks on the field, he's a completely different animal. I don't know how much better he could get physically, but that mental approach, that identity he needs to create could go on forever. And that's what you yeah. want to see. And that's what these guys can really do. Cause I've, I've seen that with Kutch over the years. Like you get older and you have to make it a bunch of adjustments because you don't feel the same. Like your body may do the same things. You just don't feel the same. So he's, he's making adjustments. I've seen Rich Hill do it. Santana do it. Santana's actually doing some really cool stuff behind the scenes, getting his swing going, get behind the ball. And it's exciting to see. I mean, G-Man doesn't pull the ball like he has. That ball he hit in the uh, bullpen oppo is because of how he's pulling the ball. And it's good to see because they're getting life too. So it's it's give and take. And I think that's maybe the best moves I've seen in the last four or five years by a team, bringing in the right guys. Yeah, uh, again, like I have no qualms, but most of the guys they brought in such this year and especially those four, you know, Rich Hill, you talked about Kutch, mm -hmm. G-Man, Troy, Santana. Uh, and it, like you're saying, like you are seeing it, like as a fan perspective, you're kind of seeing like these people gravitate towards them. Like they already got, you know, picked out. Like it seemed like from spring. I mean, you, you saw it talked about a little bit from day oh, I didn't one. Say hedges. Training. I, I got to throw hedges out there before you get too far going. Cause he, I've gotten to see what he's doing right now in his concussion protocol and how involved he is. Everything they're saying is true. He's like a squirrel though. Like I have ADD. He has like, something else but that helps because he can kind of do nineteen thousand things at once maybe yeah I mean, he's all over the place and it's cool to see because like these guys do migrate to him so i i didn't want to leave him out yeah that's a good point who's other the one in spring you you always saw right mm -hmm. i mean there's videos of him talking with all kind of like was it Luis ortiz no uh, i think that was i mean literally every he'll regardless to the yeah. wall if it listen like he, he he he's a servant like that's what he wants to do maybe to a default, but I'd rather have that than a guy that just sits there and keeps it all to himself. <laughs> right. No, for real. So, but like, I think uh, other thing too is, and again, like I hate, this is what I hate about April. Like the season's young, it's all small sample, but like these were veterans, like the team needed just veterans. And I think, you know, it seemed like a lot of times we're, we're talking about a signing and it was like, well, it's a good leader, right? Like a good clubhouse guy. Didn't have the best of year, but here's how I think he could get better. A lot, a lot of the guys that they brought in too was like they were cursed by the shift last year. 
So that's why you thought there's going to be some improvements from some of them. Mm -hmm. You know, like Santana was wrecked by the shift last year. Kutch, you know, had a hard time with the shift. So it was like their performance isn't great, right? But they're they're good, and I feel like they can get better. And so far, as I'm getting to, like so far, like they're not just here as like a token leader. They're actually performing so far, and, and really the main one is is Kutch. Kutch is balling out right now. We, we, we talked about too, like the speed hasn't diminished. It never has really, but like the bat speed is still there too. Like this is, this is an old man, Andrew McCutcheon right now. Like this guy is performing. And that's what I think made opening day so great too. Is like, it's not just, he's, he's here as a body and like a, you know, in memory of Andrew McCutcheon, <laughs> he's part of like the reason that they're winning in a, in a big way. So I don't know, like, what are your thoughts on the way Kutch is performing now? I mean, do, are you seeing, I'm not talking about MVP Kutch, but like, it's kind of like the real deal. It looks like right now. Well, Look back at the last year's team, right? <clears throat> Too much swing and miss. Castro, Cruz, Swinsky, still refining. But you have all this swing and miss, and that's got to be compli like complicated for coaching staff to say, how do we fix this, right? And then you look at it, and they're like, man, they're not walking either. So they have to refine their approach. Oh, why don't we go out and get a bunch of guys that do that really, really well? And that's exactly what they did. So they balanced that lineup out. Like, it's, it's tough right now. There's not enough at-bats. The fact that Castro couldn't play today, right? That stinks. I want, I want to see Castro and Bay every single day up the middle, but you want to get Matthias at bats. You want to get these guys at bats because if you don't, bad things will happen. Like Kutch didn't play yesterday. Dude's on fire. He didn't get hits today. You kind of wonder, like, did we, did we kind of cool that off a little bit? What happened? But you have to kind of give and take. They're not just playing matchups. They're also trying to get at bats for all these guys because it's very, very tough, but that's the advantage of having those older guys. Like Joe doesn't care if he plays every day. Of course he wants to when he's hot. He gets four hits and doesn't play for two days. That stinks. I did it a lot. Didn't get four hits a lot, but I'd hit a homer and a double, and I don't see the field for three or four days. It stinks. But yeah, I knew my role, and that's what these guys are doing. So bringing Kutch in and him not only show a refined approach, being able to take pitches around the zone, right, staying within himself, not – leaving that zone they call it good swing decisions then unbelievable at it and then also hitting the ball hard really driving the ball the opposite field he's still not right where he needs to be but those hands are so fast and he's like you said been helped out because of the shift right it's gone so he's had some of those six hole hits that he used to get all the time in 12 and 13 that got him going confidence rises and then pop 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 it takes off so yeah i think when you look at it, you see the leadership, but you also see like they brought in guys that have a really good idea of who they are and they've really created an identity and they understand how to get back. When Santana started off slow, it was like he'll carry the team at some point. And sure enough, next very next series, he was like starting to get hot, starting to get hot, boom, homer, boom, homer. And then it was just, yep. it's been really, really good ever since. And that's the cool part about these guys coming in because they can really help these young guys understand. I think Swinsky and Reynolds are the two that Swinsky is going to hold on to Reynolds. And once he really buys into everything that Reynolds has done over the last year, I, mean, I think it's going to take off. I mean, we saw a little bit of a glimpse of it today and yesterday and the day before, but I think it's going to get better and better. Yeah. That's like the one thing with Swinsky. I know I've been kind of hard on him. That's that K rate is just worrisome <laughs> it's to too me, high. but, but he did have a couple of really hard hits the other day. Like, I think it's somewhat with Cabrian to the same sense, you know, like even though Cabrian's still hitting the away on the ground, maybe a little too much like you want to see right now, you are seeing him pull it some more. You are seeing him hit it hard. 
um, in the air a little bit more. And he's he's been getting unlucky. And like you know, again, like with Swensky, yeah, like he. He did hit. He's starting to hit the ball a little bit harder. Of course, those were two flyouts to the warning track, so it didn't count for anything. But like that's something you want to start seeing. Um, like I, I guess I want to kind of talk to you about them too. You know, with Swinski, but also I think mainly key. You know, like what are you seeing out of Cabrian? Because I was, I was drinking the Kool Aid. I'll put it that way. You know, when you, you heard what he did this offseason to make changes that were probably going to be fundamentally different and improve his game. And then he saw a spring and like those things that he worked on were happening. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, so you made a change. You see the results. I'm ready. And he's just been hammered. <laughs> I feel like this season, like with the little unlucky, uh, unlucky hits, like his baby was like 170 or something. And so, but he is, you know, it's not spring training Cabrian that you're seeing, or he's pulled, I think like almost everything in spring, he's still hitting away a little bit, still on the ground, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on key? Is this going to turn around? Like, are we going to find more spring coming up? Yes. Yes. So when you're in spring training and that's, that's why I don't like getting too excited about anybody in spring because, and that's completely fair. Yeah. Like the young guys, you probably should because they're facing guys that, especially if they're starting a lot, like I think everybody should have been really excited about what Swaggerty is doing and he's carried it on. Right because he's healthy and he's got a really good approach. Same thing with Nick Gonzalez. Everybody should be like, yeah, he's the guy we thought he was. And that's a different animal because they're facing guys that they don't face consistently, right? They're facing big league arms, really good closers because that first five innings, they get some starts. They're facing some really, really, really good pitching. So with that being said, everyone else is facing guys that are working on stuff. When you think about it, like Bednar was throwing a split all spring. And then he came into the first game, first split he threw, went in the gap. And I'm like, what are we doing? Get back to that breaking ball. Get back to the breaking ball. But then the split got better and better and better when he wasn't overexposing it. We saw Keller do it. He overexposed it. The guy that pitched against this day, he overexposed his sweeper that he developed in the offseason. Rich Hill today finally got that cutter going that he's been working on. And it's like you try to overuse or overabuse the new toy you have. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what happened with Key. Key got the benefit of that because guys are attacking with heaters and leaving those breaking balls up that they've been working on all season. And he's just absolutely destroying it. Now they haven't been doing that, but he's also maybe tried to do a little too much at times, but now he's starting to come back. But before he did that, he moved his hands down, tried to create a little bit more of an angle, but he couldn't do it. He was floating back up and that was making him so off time. Today is the first time I saw him just clean. Everything was okay. clean. And he smashed the ball. He got his hands back where they were, and he's going to accept who he is. I, I use Adam Frazier as a great example. When he said, you know what, screw it. I don't care about homers. I don't care about launch angle. He was an all-star. And Key hits the ball so hard, everybody wants to go, get an angle, get an angle, get an angle. No, refine your approach, refine your approach, refine your approach. Because at the end of the day, that curveball, that changeup, he blocks off the fastball to go opposite field gap, which is great at PNC. We saw Kutch do it for years. He's going to catch those breaking balls out in front. But the thing is, at PNC, it's a dead man's land out there. It's so big. That's why Rich Hill's such a good signing. How many balls went 385 feet today, right? right nope, to the not, not here, <laughs> sir. That's why he started twice at home. He's going to get a ton of starts at home, way more than the road. That's why he was number two guy, because that didn't make sense, right? probably to anybody else but the Pirates. Sure. But it's because they want him to get as many starts at home as possible 
and expect them to sign more lefties year after year after year. That's why they signed Anderson. That's why they signed Quintana. Because that gap, you get a guy with a good changeup, they're going to fly out, fly out, fly out. It's unprecedented out there. It's awful. I hated it when I played there. It's cool looking, though. No, for sure. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that, that's good to hear on key then. Um, and I guess... And by the way, is he getting better at third base? Is that possible? I don't know, What's man. Crazy. It's crazy. so slow. I'm like, is he playing the same game? I think, again, like what's crazy is last year, I felt like there was a lot of talk of, which is, again, like he had the the, the most defensive run saved in baseball. Like he really should have been like a platinum glove defender if you know, he the should. bat was there and such. He should but if it like, was just based on like, I, I think they need to weigh that differently. We'll talk about this for a second because I love Nolan Arenado. Mm -hmm. But you played sports. I played sports. And it doesn't matter what level – you're at the more you play, the more you wear down, the more you produce or on base, the more you wear down. So like, I don't think the offensive offensive numbers should matter, but they should weigh it out. Kind of like weighted on base percentage okay. because you have to take into account who's on the field longer and more, more sense. often. Right. Because if for example, Jeff Mathis, who was the best catcher by far in my, he should have won it every year. He was by far the best defensive catcher. But who won it every year? Molina, Molina, Molina. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is Mathis didn't play every day. Molina did. And you have to kind of balance that out. I think they'll do that at some point, or at least they should. Because if you start to put all that in account, you're like, wow, man, that's unreal. So if he goes out and balls out and hits okay, I think he'll definitely, definitely win. And I hate to say that because I love my, my dude, Nolan, to go to war with him. Yeah. No, I feel that. I, I can get behind that. I think adding in like the offense and, and considering the offense too much doesn't make a whole lot of sense because the yeah, defense. I agree. But I guess playing honestly, time it was how you won it in the years past. Remember back in the day? It's like if you hit good, you're like, oh, platinum yeah. glove. Congratulations. Like, what? Right. I can't catch. <laughs> <laughs> and like the second, the worst defender at the position. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the numbers come out later on. Like, ooh, we, we just right. want to miss on that one. But no, I was going to say, though, I, I think it's funny because there were definitely times like last year you were talking about Key, like, what's wrong with his defense? Like, there were some, like, moments he just made, like, you know, a play that either just seemed, like, absent-minded or just didn't get to it. And, like, that's not Cabrine. But I guess that's what I'm alluding to is there were times last year where you looked and, like, what's what's going on with him? And he was the best defender in baseball. So, like, what you're talking about is if he just does what he normally does and doesn't make those mistakes, like, yeah, like, how can you get better? I guess he probably can <laughs> because – he just like that's how good he is defensively. It's crazy. Oh, he, he he really is. I mean, he's a special breed. And I think the reason Nolan also gets a lot of looks because he's a little bit more erratic. He does things off balance. He does things that are maybe a little unprecedented, especially his throws. So I think people look at him and are like, wow, what did he just do he there? Just makes it so smooth and easy. <sighs> it's <laughs> oh, it's unreal. Everything's routine. Yeah, he he came in. Was it swinging? It was a bunt. And he came in. I'm like, nah, he's safe. And Key's just like strolling in. Like he's got a cane. He's like, uh, uh, grabs it with his glove, just tosses it over. I'm like, did that just happen? I had to go back and look at it twice. It's like, how did he do that? And it was just by a step. It's unreal. Yep. unreal. And just walks back to third, barely a smile. Just, eh, it's what I do. Yeah, it really is. It's like business as usual, boys. <laughs> right.
Um, man. So yeah. So I guess just like kind of wrap this up here. Um, I did want to answer your question, Swinsky. Oh yeah, yeah. I learned I learned a lot about him this spring. So whatever you have on him, I, I'd love to answer because he is confusing. And I know I know a lot of fans are out there confused, like what's going on, but he's close. So whatever you have on him, I'd be happy to. Well, I guess just the, the obvious. He had the strangest season. <laughs> I, I I mean I don't know how to actually look it up. I, I felt confident. I don't need to. There can't be any person who had the splits from home and away as diverse as he did. I, I put it out there and I think he was the third worst hitter in baseball away. And he was the fifth best, like right behind Aaron judge at home. Like that's what we were talking about. Like Jack Swinsky at home was basically Aaron judge last year. Uh -huh. And uh -huh. then away he was a pitcher. And I don't know how that can like happen. You know, like that, that can't be normal. So someone's got to normalize a little bit, but yeah, like coming in the spring, you kind of want to see like what he's going to be. But the, like, again, the strikeouts very, very worrisome to me start the season it's, it's still kind of there uh again he, i know we hit the home run at pnc um so i don't know maybe tell us about it you say he's close bring some faith into into the fans about jack swinsky so when he first got called up he had no business being here like he that's fair he, yeah it was a dire need right some guys got sick right and i don't remember if it's a concussion but they needed him and he was playing really really well so I thought that was really cool that they did that. They used the guys that were on the 40 man, the closest team, because they had to. So he got his chance. And we were rolling in Milwaukee. And he had to face some really good arms right out of the gate. So he's overwhelmed. And you know, even even McConnell's overwhelmed. Like both those guys were just completely overmatched at first, but you saw a little fight back after that. But he went on the road and he was struggling. I think it was a 10-game road trip or something long, and he played terrible. And that's where that huge split comes from. So right after that, he went off, but we had a long homestand. That's when he mm -hmm. had a huge, huge couple series. So like he was hot and cold, hot and cold. And we need to remember that's kind of the guy he is right now. So as cold as he gets, he's kind of like Pedro. When he gets hot, he could carry you. You know, and it's really about maybe certain guys we face the way the matchup is and he's refining his approach really, really well. Like he has a really hard time catching up with the fastball above the zone. You know, yeah, we saw that right. 2020 Brian Reynolds did not look like Brian Reynolds because the fastball beat him comes back in 21. There's not a fastball on the planet that could get by him, but then the breaking ball is a problem. Well, then this off season, him and Andy Haynes literally hit the breaking ball off the eye pitch machine all off season. And you see what he, he's destroying breaking balls. And it's so what so you're saying cool is, they should pay him. Yes, absolutely. They got to figure it out, but it, there is issues on both sides. Every, everything always has two sides, and I try to stay as close to Sweden <laughs> as I can with all this. Uh huh. But yeah, they got to pay him, and I, I think getting creative is the biggest thing for me, however that looks, because the fans would go bonkers. Did I lose you? What happened? No, oh, you're here. He is. See? Oh. Hey, the man was coming after us right there because we were talking about it. Something this happened, happened right before, and someone pointed out on the stream too. What were, I forget what it was the last show we're talking about. It was about a contract, and this happened because <laughs> I remember Bucko Mike put in there. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. But uh, yeah, we'll get we'll get to that before we we get off here. But but Swinsky today, you know, I went over and I, I'm watching them hitting the cage and talking to Big Dog, who's one of my favorite people on the planet. He's literally 
top five smartest baseball minds, period. And we're just going over approach, looking at it, and I'm just like, yeah, he's close. He's close, and he really is. He hit that breaking ball. I think it's third at bat. First at bat, they pitched him really, really tough. Second bat, he did really good getting himself in a good position, just missed it. And then that last one is really, really good. And I just want to see that. I, I think he's hitting the ball so hard when he puts it in play, and he's the swing and miss has gone down. But he's got to go all in. He's got to commit to the things that he wants to be. I think he'll take off. I really do. Okay. Because he's a kid from the middle of nowhere, Chicago, and guys that have to fight and claw or come from a place that doesn't have that talent or ability, it usually takes them a little longer to either catch up to velocity or really good spin, one or the other. And right now, he's sacrificing how good he can hit spin to try to catch up up here so he gets in between. Now he's starting to understand, okay, well, I can pick one or the other. And once he does that, they're going to have to make a choice. All right, we're going to go after him hard early and then get him a spin late. But he's looking for hard early and spin late that day. And then he keeps switching. And that's kind of what Brian Rose is doing right now. He's just locked in. It's like, oh, I'm just one step ahead. Right. Okay. All right. So, again, that I appreciate that. But, yeah, like I said, he's, he's worried me some. Um, and he should. But, the swing and miss should worry, worry, worry you, but just a little bit. I mean, just a little bit more in play. We're talking, wow, right? Because he has he has really, really good behind the scenes numbers. He's just got to put the ball in play more often. For sure. And like I think that's like to say it here, spin this in the sense you talked about, you know, at bats. Mm-hmm. Swinsky, we, we know has the potential, and that's mm-hmm. why he's here. I mean, he's here because he he did what he did last year, right? So he's earn the right to be here and, and perform and play. But um, I think that's another thing to talk about. Like the, the huge difference from last year to this year is not only guys that deserve to be on the team, right? <laughs> put it, put it bluntly. There's yeah. everyone that's on the team for the most part deserves to be there um, in the MLB. But like, yeah, I mean, you talk like Connor Joe came off a four hit performance and it's like, we got to take your seat because this yeah. guy's got to go. Like there's a lot of, a lot of, it's a good issue. And again, again, back to the power play, it's a good issue to have but like there's an issue of finding at bats and to even spin this too like with the cruise situation like that's very unfortunate mm-hmm. no one wants the oh no cruise go down mm-hmm. but like what that does too is it creates an opportunity for some guys like you talk mm-hmm. about Castro and bay um what are your thoughts on them too i've been a huge proponent of Castro. i think like the talent is certainly there put them to put it together perform is a whole other thing but i think the talent is out there and we're seeing Bay right now. He had a really bad spring, but once that season turned on, he's been a whole different player. So I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on them two handling the middle infield going forward? I, I like it. I, I'm you're talking very, very rangy. And I was fine with Castro at second base or Bay. I think how good they move is it's fun to see, especially with the shift band. These guys that are athletic are being highlighted more and more. I do think that Bay could wind up in center field long-term, especially early on, and Nick Gonzalez right in the in the realm of possibilities with the next, you know, three months to a year It's my guess. I don't know. We'll see. But, yeah, I like it. And I think Castro, when you look at the changes he made with his left-handed swing, I think that's going to play huge for him as, as he moves forward. He's a little bit wider. They use comps like Lindor and Soto to get him to understand what type of pop he could have, you know, because most guys want to get more narrow, but he wasn't 
in need of it. Like most guys do that to create space. He already had the space. It was just creating more swing and miss because he would fall and lose that backside and not be able to stay behind it. But when he did, when he did stay behind it, he demolished the ball, but he had too much swing and miss. So he found a balance. I feel like he's going to start to understand, and I feel like his numbers are very similar to last year right now. But as he gets more bats, he's got so much talent. Like he's probably the guy that's like nobody really understands how much talent he really has, even at shortstop. You may look up and say, dang, guy's got tons of defensive runs saved. Man, look at his weighted on base percentage. This guy's doing some really cool things because he has that type of talent. He just doesn't know it, right? He's he's that guy. I always say some of the best players are the smartest or the dumbest, and not necessarily meaning like stupid, but dumb in the sense of like they play dumb. They don't have to think. They just show up and just do it. But he's getting some guidance. I think Bay's the same way. Yeah. He's free-minded and kind of a space cadet at times. But like those guys, if you can hone them in, those guys are absolutely some of the best players you'll ever see because they play free like a goldfish. It's like, what's today? Ooh, fastball. Bow. So those two guys up the middle could be a lot of fun. Interesting. Uh, like you said, yeah, I wanted to see O'Neill Cruz here, 162 games. That's not going to happen. Me too. But, but that, this that's does the one create the opportunity. I wanted to ask you that. I've all I I can't think maybe Daryl Strawberry, but like I can't think of somebody, and I don't think I think he was six three, if I'm not not mistaken. But I can't think of someone over six five, six six that played in the field that like had you know was able to stay limber their entire career. Does that make sense? So I yeah. think this will be a teaching moment for him. Because he's so unprecedented. Like, nobody knows what There's, to do with him. Right. He's his own. You talk about comps, right? With Castro. Yeah. He got There's nobody. There's not a comp for Cruz. Like, Kevin the Durant. You can... <laughs> there you go. Right. That's it. He's not a baseball player. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, I guess the closest you can get to is like an Aaron Judge, but they're not the same player by like any means. Mm -mm. You no. know, like they're just both tall and hit the ball very, very hard, but their body types aren't the same. Aaron Judge doesn't have that type of speed, that arm. Like, there's nobody ever like O'Neill Cruz. So, right, you can't really comp him. Yeah, so it's, like I said, the staff they have around him and the opportunity he has now could be so big and so monumental for his career with development. Because where do you go, right? And, yes, he needs at-bats. He needs to play. He needs to do this. But the things you learn when you can just sit in your own head a little bit and having guys to kind of – walk through this with there's a chance like i told you he could come out flying through but we'll see i'm i'm, I'm really excited he's a really good headspace last time i saw him i haven't seen him since he uh since he got hurt but like he he's locked in on what he wants to do that's what i think is so unfortunate about this i mean mm -hmm. obviously because he's on el cruz you want to see him play but he just seemed like a totally different player mm -hmm. you know his approach to the plate was totally different you know, him being a leadoff spot was something we were kind of advocating for. And when he was last year, things performed and got better. But the guy's drawing walks. The guy's laying off things. I mean, he just – I almost felt like – I was almost afraid he was doing it too much. And again, like, yeah, I might be psychoanalyzing, but like I'm almost afraid no, that no, he's, no, he's that, doing that's this a really so good perfectly call. that like he might start pressing, like where are my home runs at? And go back the old ways. I'm like, I hope he doesn't. But like, yeah, you saw this refined player. And it's like, this is going to 
possibly a breakout year that you want from Little Cruz and now he's gone for four months. But I, I like what you're saying. I mean, of course, like no one wants to be injured, but we know the abilities there, the talents there. So maybe the mental side of this allows him to catch up. And when he is back, you see <laughs> Oh no, Cruz 2.0. I think we did officially lost you. <laughs> oh boy. You there, brother? I lost I'm you here. a bit. I think we got you back now. Do you hear me? I'm telling you, there's some ghost in this. The last time this happened. <laughs> oh, there goes Fort. Well, I guess <laughs> Tyler's in the stream saying, acknowledge me. Um, cool, cool, cool. Well, I think I'll give this a few here. And if he, uh, if he's gone, we might wrap this up. We're pretty much wrapping it up anyways. Yep. Or it's gone. Oh, there he is. That was crazy. I have no idea what happened. I have great internet. I'm telling you. It's, it's just us. Again, this happened last it's time we Jim. talked. It's Jim. It, it is. It is. I'll blame it on Jim. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's the scapegoat. You just go for it. Yes. But I, I heard most of what you're saying, and you're exactly right. Like, it stinks. Next guy up, and you just pray he comes back better in some way. I'm with you. I'm with you. And that's what I was getting at with the, uh, the opportunity. Like, no one wants to see this, but this gives, I think, Castro the biggest opportunity. Like, here's yeah. your shot. Let's find out who you really are. Because I think he's, I, I honestly do. That's why I keep talking about him. Like, I think he's like that wild card of this rebuild. Mm -hmm. He wasn't expected to do much, but you see the talent that's there, the ability. And if he can put it together, he's going to be one of those, like you weren't the top prospect that hit. You were just a guy. And now you're becoming something. I think he could, you know, he, he presents that for them. So he's going to have four months to show this organization who he really is. I like it. I like it. I, I, I hate guys getting hurt, but yeah, opportunities for guys is, Slim to none. I mean, there's not many guys that even get an opportunity to play in the big leagues. You have to have a little bit of luck on your side and be in the right place at the right time. And right now he is. So it's a good opportunity for him to take advantage of and whether he's a pirate in two years or a year. The reality of it is if he plays well, he wins and the pirates win. And yep. you can never have enough good players. You know that that's where we could run into a problem sometime this year where it's like, we got too many players and we're trading guys. And they're like, no, why'd you trade him? What are we doing? And we're like, wait, we just got some pretty good bullpen arms. You know, that's, that's when it gets really fun. I mean, look what Tampa's doing. And I don't want to hear any more about small market teams. Can't win. It's baseball, but you have to commit. I mean, you got to commit to guys and let's go to Brian Reynolds real quick. Cause like they're they're. I don't know if you read all, all the stuff that's out there, but <clears throat> They should sign him five years with the mutual option. That's what I think. Get him through everything. They get one year of, you know, non-control, you know, fair price. Keep it the same. It doesn't matter. And then a mutual option. Shake hands and say, we're going to do it again. You could even do two mutual options. So if he declines, he's out. 
they decline is out. That's my, that's my fix, whether it's yeah. right, wrong, or indifferent. I don't know. And I'm sure there's behind the scenes stuff that we don't know about, but that would be so good for the city. So good because that's a huge win, you know? And I, I think if they did it sooner than later, it'd be awesome, but they got to do something because it is, it is something that lingers on and on and there's a momentum one way or the other. So God forbid anything ever happened to Brian Reynolds. It'd be devastating to him. Vice versa, if he keeps going, confidence is going to build. Agents going to be fluffing him like crazy, and he's going to see big dollar signs. That's not his personality, to be honest. Like he's a good old boy. He's got his dream house. He's happy where he is. Money yeah. doesn't drive him. He wants to be a great player. He loves the game. Like that's genuinely what he wants to do. So simple is better for him. That's what he wants. That's why he's taking a pretty good hit if he signs. But that's what you should do. I mean, we've seen some, what, what is it? Third baseman with uh, the Indians took like 70 million less than what everybody thought because he loves the place. Yeah. But that comfort is unreal. Yeah. Jose Ramirez, he, you kind of shook your head and, and wondered why. And I feel like every Atlanta Braves extension, you're like, what? Everyone. What? But it's because the culture. <laughs> yeah. But he, right. he, he also blew his ACL and played quite as good yet. So, like, it's a win for him right now. Mm -hmm. But it could be better and better, you know? But he's still going right. to be young when it's done. But I'm with you. Oh, I, like, no. You, you do have a good smile this time with the pause. <laughs> but, like, yeah, like, uh, I, I think, obviously, I want Reynolds extended inside. Um, the the opt-out when they had it, like, this last negotiation, just didn't make sense for the Pirates, right? So I, I understand why the Pirates wouldn't do that. But they're not the opt-outs there because you're just not paying money. Like just give them, give them money and have them here for five years. I'm with you too. Like if it was an opt-out to the fifth year or something in that sense, like, yeah, sure. I'm good with that too. But it doesn't make sense for him to be here for just like for three or even four more years because at that point in time, you're just go through the arbitration. Um, all the favors in, you know, Reynolds hands at that point in time, but it's because he's not getting paid money through these times. Um, but anyways, it looks like we're losing Ford again. Uh, I feel like this might be a good wrapping spot anyways. It's been 50 minutes. So I guess let's get out of here. Uh, I really appreciate it. He can't hear me, but he'll come back on after the show. I really appreciate Ford coming on. Um, and we'll talk to you guys later. With that said, bye-bye. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.